The Cancer Assist Show, hosted by Dr. Bill Evans and brought to you by the Cancer Assistance Program. Help when you really need it. Hello, it's Dr. Bill Evans, and this is the Cancer Assist Show. And again, this segment, we're going to talk about COVID-19 and how it's affecting our cancer patients and some of the things we're doing in Hamilton to try and help them through the Cancer Assistance Program. But before we introduce Debbie Logo Butler, the Executive Director of the Cancer Assistance Program, and Ashley Leggett, who is the leader for our fund development, I wanted to just say a few things about COVID-19. There's so much in the media, and some of it's misinformation, including people saying that it's just like the flu and it's no worse than the flu. Well, actually, today in one of the medical journals, we have information about how much more uh, infectious and fatal COVID-19 is compared with the flu. It's, in fact, 20 times more deadly than the flu. So let's not think of this as just some infection that we all need to get and get over. It's a very serious matter. And that's why we have to treat it seriously, particularly for the cancer patients we serve in our community, because they are more vulnerable. Actually, I heard an interesting comparison that for people who are trying to understand how COVID-19 is different from, say, SARS or from the flu. On the one hand, um, COVID-19 is far more infectious or contagious than SARS was. And part of the reason for that was patients with SARS weren't infectious to other people until they had symptoms. Whereas we've learned with this COVID-19 that in fact, you can be infectious for several days and feel perfectly well, but you could be spreading the virus even though you are feeling perfectly well. And so you can contact many people during that phase and, and spread the virus around. So that's very unlike SARS. And whereas uh, SARS had uh, quite a high fatality rate, higher than what we're seeing with COVID-19, because it wasn't um, something that uh, spread around the community in a state when people were feeling normal, uh, we were able to isolate people. And, and so there was only about 8,000 cases in the world, but there were 800 deaths from SARS. Now, on the other side, you got flu, where it's very infectious also, but the mortality rate's much lower than with COVID-19. So they have these different viruses that are having a different impact in our communities. And we have to try and understand that this has got the kind of the worst of both worlds. It's highly contagious and it has a pretty high mortality rate. And we really do have to practice the physical isolation. We have to be very careful about hand washing and uh, the surfaces we touch need to be kept as clean as possible in our homes, our cars, and, and when we go out. Uh, one other thing that hasn't got a lot of media attention, um, and maybe it's because people don't like talking about it, but is the transmission of this virus through the oral fecal route. People have talked about it being spread by respiratory droplets, which it certainly is. And those droplets can hang in the air for up to three hours. Uh, they can stay on surfaces, particularly steel, metal surfaces for up to five days. People aren't talking as much about the oral fecal route. And there's clear evidence that even in people who have recovered from COVID-19 in all respects, that they're still passing viral particles that are probably infectious in their stool. So it's an extremely important. Again, the hand washing is the key here to keep safe. So I want to get those messages out in this particular episode of the Cancer Assist Show. 
and to emphasize the importance of us practicing what public health has been telling us all along. We can't repeat these messages too often, but it becomes even more important right now as we're starting to loosen up and people are starting to get out and do more things. And um, there's a general loosening of the restrictions we've had for the last several months. That doesn't mean we stop washing our hands regularly or wearing a mask or keeping social distance. Those things must stay in place if we want to stay safe. And so that brings us to our, our patients and the care for them. And in Hamilton, with the Cancer Assistance Program, we have offered uh, free rides and equipment loans and personal care items over the history of this organization. But the free rides have had to stop uh, because of the physical distancing we've had to practice, at least until we can start to figure out how to do it safely. But in the interval, we found some new and creative ways to help cancer patients. And so I want to bring uh, Debbie Logo Butler into the conversation now and talk about those uh, new, pro uh, new ways of serving the community. So Debbie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bill. It's a pleasure to be on uh, the first uh, Cancer Assist podcast. I'm really excited to join you today. And uh, listening to your intro, you're right. We've had to learn uh, how to do things differently. And that's one of the things that COVID-19 um, is definitely highlighting. Here at the Cancer Assistance Program in Hamilton, um, on March 16th, we had to make the difficult decision to close our doors. It doesn't mean that we stop serving our clients. Uh, we have, since March 16th, uh, continued with our equipment loan program. And this is to help uh, discharge any type of uh, cancer patient from the hospital and in order for them to get home safely and to continue their, their care in their home. So since March 16th, Bill, we have uh, loaned out 182 pieces of equipment. And I think that's pretty um, important because it has really helped our, our healthcare partners to free up beds to um, for COVID uh, clients and patients. And um, we will continue. We are thinking in the next little bit, as you said, we're starting to loosen, um, that we will start to accept our loaned equipment back by a appointment only. And um, so in the equipment side, we have been functioning. One of the things that we also started to do was a drive to deliver program. And this is where our drivers will contact lists, come to the cancer assistance program and pick up um, uh, quantities of Ensure, incontinence, and of uh, food. We've started a new food program because we have re recognized that cancer patients more than others are very vulnerable going to grocery stores. And it actually can be a very frightening experience for them. So with our partners, uh, Zarki's Fine Foods, we are now uh, reaching out to our clients. So we've made over 450 calls to Cancer Assistance Program clients, and over 200 of these clients have uh, chosen to have a delivery come to their doorstep. And again, that, that delivery can include food, can include incontinence, and include nutrition, which for us is Ensure. So uh, we have had to do our work differently, um, but we are uh, continuing to serve in the best way and the safest way that we possibly can. Well, it's terrific, the flexibility that the Cancer Assistance Program shown with the COVID-19 pandemic. And 
what you described at the beginning there about the equipment loans that have helped get patients home safely and help sort of decant some of the volume out of the hospitals because we were anticipating a large wave or surge of patients with COVID-19 infections. That really hasn't occurred, at least not to the extent that anybody anticipated in Hamilton. So we're thankful for that. But certainly the whole idea of uh, providing equipment that would be necessary for people to be safe in their homes and allow them to get home is just terrific. And it's one of the great aspects of this program. But the, uh, the flexibility of showing in uh, providing uh, the drive to deliver program instead of free rides to cancer appointments, I think it's terrific because, you know, as you've said, the patients who have uh, cancer are more vulnerable. And the data coming out of China showed that they were three to four times more likely to end up in an intensive care unit and three to four times more likely actually to succumb to the virus. So we really don't want to see cancer patients having to go out and do their shopping or um, you know, being in close contact with other people. If they can shelter at home and, and, and just avoid that, it really is a great uh, benefit up for them and a, and a real safety thing. So those, those are wonderful innovations that uh, the Cancer Assistance Program has undertaken. But all of this still requires money. And you mentioned getting food uh, from Zarkis and, uh, and they still have volunteers and the, who are driving the food to patients' homes uh, and there's gas to be paid for and so on. So fundraising is an incredibly important part of the work. And of course, when you've got a pandemic going on, not exactly the time that people are going out to uh, fundraising events or even sometimes thinking about donating, they may be more concentrating on staying safe and uh, staying in their homes and worrying about the, uh, the, uh, the pandemic that's going on around them. So maybe this is a good time to bring in Ashley Leggett, the uh, fund uh, development director. And Ashley, you must be facing some real challenges in raising funds for the Cancer Assistance Program during this time. Hi, Bill. Thanks so much. Um, we certainly are. I think everyone's having a little bit of difficulty right now, just being in a difficult financial position. So we do understand that not everybody is able to help, but um, people, people that are certainly can. And we have witnessed that already so far with our first signature event of the year, which is our annual care walk. So this is CAP's newest signature fundraising event, and it's in its sixth year this year. We were actually ready to go, had Bayfront Park booked and uh, ready for March 23rd to get together and do our walk as a big community group. But, you know, due to the pandemic, we had to switch gears kind of last minute and we decided to take the event virtual. So in that sense, it's more of an online fundraising thing. It always has been in the past, but we encourage participants to register online as an individual, or preferably if you can get to get a team together, that would be great. And you do fundraising online. So you get friends, colleagues, families, uh, family members to sponsor you towards your fundraising goal. And then all we ask is that on May 23rd, you get moving. So although we can't be together this year, um, there's so many ways to participate and it makes it especially easy, um, this virtual format. So whether, you know, you don't even have to leave your house, you could be at home on your treadmill. So maybe you do a five kilometer walk or run on your treadmill. Um, parks and trails are kind of starting to reopen as we get closer to the event. So if there's a, you know, 
walking your neighborhood, take a run, take your dog for a walk, go for a bike ride. There's so many opportunities and ways to get moving and it's actually never been easier to participate. And so far uh, we are seeing great results. People have really stepped up this year and it's so, so heartwarming to see. Um, it's very easy to participate, but if for some reason you can't participate, um, you can still make a donation and big or small, everything helps and encourages um, us to continue to deliver these programs that are very much needed and relied on by our clients. Um, and if you can't participate, Dr. Bill Evans has a team together and his fundraising is doing incredibly well. So I'm sure he would welcome a donation towards that and the Cancer Assistance Program would definitely appreciate your support. Yeah, I'd love to have more people support my team. That would be wonderful. Uh, but I want to underscore something you said about this is an opportunity, not an excuse <laughs> to stay inside. It's an opportunity to actually get out and do something while practicing physical distancing. And in fact, I am a little concerned that many people have been taking the social distancing and staying inside their homes a little too seriously. It's quite safe to go outside and walk as long as you're keeping your distance from others. And in fact, walking, getting your exercise is a healthy thing to do and sitting around in home is an unhealthy thing to do because you're losing uh, strength and stamina. So uh, if you haven't been getting out to, to walk, then the virtual care walk is another opportunity to, to do that, to stay healthy. Now, um, Ashley, just tell me, uh, I know, but maybe tell our listeners um, how they can make their donation if they're going to uh, go on to the Cancer Assistance Program's website, and then what do they do? So if you go to cancerassist.ca, um, click on the events tab, and you'll see our Care Walk listed there, and it'll direct you to the event website where you can just make a general donation or you can support um, an existing individual or team, and you can simply do a search to see who's on there. Um, currently, we're at about 60% of our goal, which is amazing for this point in time. We're a little bit actually ahead of where we were last year, so I hope the momentum continues. And um, before, before I do end, I do have to shout out our sponsors, Bill, who have just been incredibly generous and have supported us in the past and were readily uh, available to support us this year, thank goodness. So I have to say thank you so much to First Ontario Credit Union. L.J. Barton Mechanical, Inc., Morrison Insurance, and Edward Jones. Well, they're all wonderful companies and deserve to be supported, and we appreciate their support of the, the Care Walk and other activities of the Cancer Assistance Program. Uh, it's great that they come alongside again this year because uh, this is a challenging year. And again, it's, uh, it's, it's creative and innovative to see, and it's wonderful to see how in the face of a pandemic, doesn't stop uh, the needs and it doesn't stop the uh, requirement for funds to be raised. And so congratulations, Ashley, that you're ahead of target and hopefully you're going to exceed ultimately the targets you have for this fundraising event, because I know it's one of the three major targets that are events rather that, that CAP has in the course of the year to support its programs. Maybe you just want to mention what those other major fundraisers are. And we'll cross our fingers that uh, things open up enough that we can actually hold them this year. Yes. Yeah, so our next event is our annual golf classic. Uh, we're actually just in the midst of finalizing details for that, but that is set to take place right now for Tuesday, August 11th at Dundas Valley Golf Course. 
Um, so I should have more information available on our website very, very shortly. And then our last and biggest signature event of the year is our annual gala. And that is scheduled to take place um, in November. Uh, we're not quite sure how November will look at this point. We do hope we'll be able to get together and celebrate as we traditionally have. But we'll also have more information available very soon on that as well. So there are some uncertainties hanging over our heads uh, about some of these future events. But it's amazing what uh, people can do when they put their minds to it. Maybe they'll have a gala by Zoom or something. <laughs> Who knows? Eh? I hope it, uh, by that time it's possible to get together because that's a wonderful, wonderful event. Um, so, Debbie, uh, we've covered some of the key things that, that CAP's been doing over this time. Uh, I know uh, from my own contact with some of the clients who've been using the RIDE program, they're really keen to see CAP reinstitute RIDES. Uh, any hope on that horizon? How are you thinking about uh, um, outfitting volunteers' cars and other things to enable uh, patients to once again get rides to and from their medical appointments? So a great question, Bill. Um, working closely with our, our local hospitals, we will be looking at a phase one, phase two, phase three approach, um, much like uh, the government of Ontario is recommending, uh, keeping safety uh, at the forefront of all of our d decisions. So right now, um, you touched a little bit, but um, just for our, our listeners, the Cancer Assistance Program does not receive any government funding. And so um, as we talked about, our the importance of our signature events, but also the leadership that we're looking to our community. And so this pandemic, you can well imagine, has put a bit of a financial strain on our organization. And I did want to give a bit of a shout out to those uh, leaders, philanthropic leaders in our community that have helped us to create almost a, a, a pandemic fund that is helping us to uh, to support some of the needs. And I'd, I'd like to thank those, uh, those donors right now, the Hutton family, Hamilton Community Foundation, Leggett Auto Group, and the City of Hamilton, as well as one local family that wished to remain anonymous. These leaders have come forward to try, help us to raise the necessary funds to support these new initiatives. As we go forward now, there will be a cost to the organization and looking to supply our drivers with proper PPE. So as we're beginning this phase one, phase two, looking at drivers being equipped with masks, with wipes, with gloves, and almost a shield between the front and the back of the car. It's very important to keep this vulnerable population safe, as well as our volunteers, because without our volunteers, we can't do the important work that we do. So um, we are moving forward. We have, um, I have engaged in some discussions this week. A couple local companies are donating hand sanitizer. We're talking to a group on Monday that is interested in supplying us with shields. So once the hospital, uh, the cancer clinics start to initiate opening up some of the programs, we will be ready um, to have some of our drivers ready uh, to make that next step and trying to get those rides back. But again, um, as the government and the, the health officials are saying, slow and sure and safely, and that's we will be following that. So uh, we're looking to, uh, to, to get going again, um, but we're also looking to continue to reach out to our community to, to support us in these unexpected expenses. 
Well, that's what you just said is great news for cancer patients who've been dependent on the cancer assistance programs rides. The fact that there is potential that with some of these uh, changes in volunteers' cars and uh, provision of uh, PPE and so on that will enable the ride program to be instituted carefully and perhaps slowly. <laughs> we have to do this incrementally, but in a, in a very safe way. But that's encouraging news uh, to, to those who are very dependent on those rides. And I guess we all have to have a certain amount of patience uh, uh, and fortitude. It's not been easy for these last couple of months to be largely shut into our homes or working from home. Uh, uh, and we can't uh, sort of stampede uh, towards liberalizing things quickly. We have to do it in a thoughtful and safe way. So just encourage everyone to be patient and to be careful and to continue all of the uh, practices that public health has been recommending. You've been listening to the Cancer Assist Show with Dr. Bill Evans and with special guest, Dr. Debbie Logo, Logo Butler. I made you a doctor. You should be a doctor, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. I like that title. That's a nice title. It's a, it has a nice ring to it. So I'll call you Dr. Butler now. And to Ashley Leggett, uh, thank you both for what you're doing for the patients of Hamilton and what you're doing, in fact, by showing innovation of approaches to help cancer patients during their journey. It's wonderful. And we have listeners that go beyond just uh, the Hamilton area. So these are things that you might think about for your own community as you hear about the Cancer Assistance Program here in Hamilton. Thank you for listening. This is Bill Evans signing off now. This has been the Cancer Assist Show, brought to you by the Cancer Assistance Program.